Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're in episode 77. Yeah. We're all about 23 away from 100. And I feel like we haven't done anything about that. Well, we're still a long ways away from 100 to do something about it. No, but think about it. If we drop two episodes a week, right, in a month, right, that's eight episodes, right? So if you do the math, we're only three months away. So we're three months away from having a special episode. Stay tuned, guys. No, but hey, but here's the thing. It's going to be sometime towards the end of Q4. I mean, we could probably right now figure it out, but I, th- I think it'll, it's going to land really nice right after Q4. Nice. Right? Celebrating Q4. Maybe we'll do an episode from Top of the Rock. I mean, it'd be great. Good times. That's not, I know. It's not happening. It'd be good times. But it'd be nice. Maybe okay. we could do it in our Lambos that we buy <laughs> after Q4. <laughs> You know, here's the thing. Even if I had the money for a Lambo, I wouldn't buy a Lambo. Yeah, I've always said, and nothing against But I people. say that now. You know what I mean? Maybe if I did. Yeah, but I, I, I always say about cars, like nothing against people who like really fancy cars because everybody needs to have their thing. Uh, but no matter how fast your car can go, you're stuck on the speed limit, right? Like, like you can well, only okay. go so fast. Well, no, that's not necessarily true. Okay, but my car, so if I was going to speed, my car can get to 100. You're See, not going to drive do, on the freeway at 120 miles an hour. But I do have a just friend you have a who's Lambo. in the Highway Patrol that we could roll out in a GT. Pretty fun. We should do that sometime. If we ever do, we'll shoot that video. Yeah. I don't know if we'll be allowed to. but we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a way to turn it into like, we're busting people who are selling stuff for too high price or something. I don't know. I was thinking more of making a, like a Pure Hustle podcast commercial where like we're with the, with the, the four GT. PHP with the CHP. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. All right. Yeah. We are so behind on our podcast right now. Okay. Speaking of moving fast, though, this that kind of relates to our episode, though. Yeah, it was a, it was a nice, terrible segue that just randomly <laughs> came was, up there. But it worked. So I thought this episode, since it's our theme episode, Mike's fave, right, of all episodes. He loves our theme episodes. Mm. No, no, come on. It, mm. It's good. They're good. And They're good. The you get hustle, to focus a little more. Here's what I'm looking forward to is the hustle of the week, too. Like yeah. We have some hustles legit, are great. Yeah. They are great. So, but okay. So, how are we going to get our audience to buy in if you're not bought in our theme episode? I, okay, it's not that it's bad. It's just not my favorite. Oh, okay. I, I see know. what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like when okay. you compare, like they can't all be my favorite. So it's like the friend that you like hanging out with every once in a while. Like if you hang out with them too much, it's kind of like eh. No, I wouldn't say it's like. It's kind of like me. No, that's not just the case. Messy. That's not true. No, it's just you know. I, I do like that we can get a little more laser focused on stuff. I just feel, um, I don't know, there's something about our update episodes, getting to tell the stories. Uh, that's that's my favorite part for sure. But um, And then when we have guests on and we get to talk stories with them, it's a lot of fun. But I do think that these are probably some of the most helpful, right? When it comes down to it, these can be the episodes that really provide some of the most value as far as like, here's practical, do X, Y, Z, and you might get whatever outcome. So uh, in that sense, I do enjoy them. And I hope that, um, you know, you can find different themed episodes throughout our library or catalog of episodes that are relevant and useful for you. Hey, at least they're still relevant. We get messages that I listened to episode three and it was really relevant. I'm like, yes, that's good. That is good. That is good. I almost feel like we need to add like a little disclaimer at the beginning of our first episodes. It's like, Please do not judge the quality of Pure Hustle Podcast. On we're really not that awkward in real life, so it gets better. Keep listening. Do you realize if you're watching on YouTube, you you can see us doing this? But when we ran those podcasts, 
those of you listening on the podcast, just try picturing this. We literally sat like three feet apart from each other, facing each other the entire time. Yeah, I don't think that's terrible. I don't know. It was, it's kind of weird. I mean, it's a conversation. I That's guess what so. we we're doing. Okay, let's get back to the podcast. All right. So, what's today's episode? Because we are, we just made time our enemy. Now, our podcast runs as long as we want it, so it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's our podcast. We'll <laughs> run as long as we want. That's as long as we want. And uh, you know, it's funny. Every time before we do a podcast, you know, Mike and I have a discussion. And Mike's this time we didn't have it, but Mike goes, "Let's try to keep this, you know, during a certain time." And we're like, "Yeah, we'll do it." And then we go way over. Yeah. So we've got no self-control. No, no. It's just because there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. That's, That's true. So it is. All right. So this episode will be about don't make time your enemy. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I go. I know where you're going with that. Um, primarily, like we've had people make comments like we've said things like time is money or not really said that, but have made comments that are close to that. And people have rightly said time is not money. Right. And that's true. They're not. It's not time does not equal money. They're not. It's not a perfect crossover, but time is an asset that can be exchanged for other things, right? Time is an asset that you can exchange for leisure. It's an asset you can exchange for money. It's an asset you can exchange for knowledge, but it's an asset that is constantly going away. Every moment you have some of it and then it goes away. And so you're exchanging it for something at any given time. And so, you know, part of the thing is if you're exchanging too much time for not enough money, you're losing, right? And so... Part of the thing is you've got to find ways to never cut corners, but I guess streamline your business and find ways to not waste time. So that way you don't have to spend as much of that, the most limited resource we have, right? Because money is an unlimited resource to an extent. Other assets are unlimited, limited to an extent, but time is the most limited. Mm -hmm. You never get it back. You only have a certain amount and then it's done forever. Well, and what got me thinking about this too was, so I remember a year ago, no, no, over a year ago where I would sell something and I couldn't get to it right away. Right. So I'd spend, you know, there'd be times I would spend 45 minutes looking for a certain item. Oof. It was pretty bad. I mean, there, yeah. there was one time it was like two hours cause I could not find the item. And then a few days ago, I sold about like six items within like an hour. So I went a whole day without any sales, like zero. Thank goodness that Amazon was still making sales. And I had those sales and it only took me, I think from the moment they sold to getting them where they were to packing them up, maybe half hour. All six items? All six items. Nice. Super fast. So you definitely streamlined... Your process. Yeah. To a certain point, you know, I mean, obviously I didn't, these items were items that were in my home. They weren't in the storage unit. So storage unit would have added another, I don't know, like five to 10 minutes. Right. But I go, wow. Like I I think about all the time and, and again, all the money I lost, right. Where time, instead of being something that I could use and I could kind of like money, we talk about money and how money is something that you should control. You shouldn't let money control you. It's the same thing with time. Like you should be controlling your time. And one of the things I also recognized, and I, I think this came up when we were talking to the college picker, was that there was a point in time when I was part-time where I was like, okay, from this time to this time, this is the only time I'm going to do any reselling. Then when I became full-time, I don't know what happened. Like, I, I, I think there's, there are certain weeks where I just feel like that's all I'm ever doing is reselling stuff. Mm. Right? Whether it's 
Well, it's more of your job. I mean, you have no, to spend I get more it, time. but it's it's it. I we talk about recently as a lifestyle, but I I think there should be a place and time where it's not part of who you are for a moment. Yeah, I think Do you part know of what I mean, I think part of that you might be coming to. I hate to use the term like an existential crisis, but in some ways, like <laughs> wow, like it's an identity thing, especially when you talk about if it's kind of who you are, not just a lifestyle. And part of that goes back to, um, what was it? The four hour work week, right? And and one of the ideas that was talked about in that book was freeing up time and streamlining certain things so that you have more time to do other stuff. And we talked about what that would look like for reselling. And you've mentioned hiring assistants and things. And you've made comments that like you don't see yourself move into the warehouse setting. And we've had a few people even in comments make comments like, if you really want to make you know, six figures plus, like if you want to be like rolling in the dough, to be realistic, you're never going to be that level, that scale reselling the way that we typically resell, right? It's just, if you do, if you're going to make that kind of money, you're do it. You're basically 24 seven. You're constantly grinding, 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 grinding. At least for a little bit. Well, I mean, which could be a little bit could be in a few years. Well, eventually you're going to have to get to a point where you've got so much inventory so many things going out that unless you want to spend every moment of your day, even mm -hmm. if you're making a lot of money, packing stuff, scanning stuff, taking pictures, you're going to have to hire people. And as you start hiring more people, you're going to have to get bigger place. And eventually you're moving towards that like kind of warehouse model. So I think that you got to find that balance, that kind of the, the happy medium of how much time am I willing to spend? And at what point do I need to cross over into I'm upping this to the next level, which might actually free up some time, but it adds an incredible amount of more responsibility and, uh, I guess, you know, problems that could occur, right? No, I agree. I, I do think there's the other side to that where you may think you need that, but the only reason you think you need that is because you haven't been a good steward of the time that you've had at the moment. You know what I'm saying? So you go, oh, I really need a VA or I really need a helper. I really need this. But if you had other systems in check and you had already done things correctly, maybe you don't need that. But if you're if you're selling 40 items a day, right? Say that's about what you needed to sell in order to be making $250,000 a year, $500,000 a year. You need to be selling 50 items a day, 60 items a day. That means you need to be taking taking pictures and listing 60 items a day on top of sourcing 60 items a day on top of. So eventually you're going to have to move to a wholesale model. You're going to have to move to more of a warehouse space. So I, I do think there is a, there is a kind of a cap of what one person can do in kind of a, I'm doing this. This is like a one man show, which I think provides the most freedom, but it also has a plateau of how much you can ultimately make. Now I think there are models where like you could be into, we talked about it with college, um, uh, Craig, no, Craigslist Hunter. Craigslist Hunter. Okay. Craigslist Hunter mentioned the person who traveled and had the model where he only did like really high end instruments, mm -hmm. right? So it is possible to break into a market where it's like I only sell five items a month, but each item costs like three to four thousand dollars. But even still, you're not making that two hundred fifty, five hundred thousand dollars a year unless you are grinding, 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 and you've got to kind of ask yourself: there's a certain amount of freedom and money. And at some point, you're going to be giving up one or the other. And in order to get more freedom you're going to, and, and money, you're going to have to change the model to something else. And, and I don't know if I'm willing to go that route, but some of our listeners I know are, are in that. That's the model they mm -hmm. do. They have warehouses. They have lots of 
um, of actual employees that they're they're paying and they're paying federal income tax on and they're paying all of that stuff. That's a huge thing, right? And but that's not that's not for everybody type of reselling. Yeah, and I would say that's probably. I would, you know, in the reselling community, as far as in in the Instagram community and so on and, and eBay open, I would say that's maybe like 10%, mm-hmm. right? I think there's a huge other percent that's more part-time, I think full-time. And and you got to also, you know, you end up kind of breaking it down even more. And when you mean full-time, do you mean full-time as a breadwinner or full-time as supplementing income? Like there's different models. Do you know what I'm saying? And at the same time is, are you full-time with a family or full-time with employees that aren't family. So it goes into various things, but ultimately time is the the big thing. Yeah, it, it is a huge factor, um, especially when you consider, I, I am a firm believer that there is in whatever market, whatever model you're doing, there's going to be a plateau. And a lot of people hit that plateau early, prematurely. Mm-hmm. They're, they've plateaued of what they're able to do because there are areas where they can they can buy time. They can find ways to get extra time. And so if you can find those ways, you might be able to break through that plateau and find like the real limit of what you can do in your market with a one person or a two person or a three person show. So, um, you know, when it comes down to it, I think that's what we want to talk about today is whatever your model is, what are some of the, the little things you can do here and there to actually break through, make a little bit more money um, and, and find that limit of what's actually capable because it's probably higher than you think. I agree. I, I think, and here's the thing, the things that we're going to share, it's kind of a conglomerate of stuff that we've shared over the past year, right? So some of this stuff we might've had in a theme episode, some of this stuff may have been in, you know, a random update episode. So I kind of wanted to put it together, especially now that we're, you know, right before Q4. And I would say if you can handle most of the stuff before Q4, you're going to be in a good place in Q4. If you're trying to handle this during Q4, it's going to be a tough Q4. All right. So we've kind of broken down to three things, you know, organization, tools, and time management. And I do want to do a little disclaimer. We're not gurus. And some of the stuff here that I'm suggesting is some of the stuff that I myself still need to work on. Some of the stuff that Michael suggests is stuff that Mike has mastered or has to work on. Yeah, right. I haven't mastered anything. <laughs> right. But uh, and, and there's other items that, you know, we know other people do well. And so we haven't tried them out. But we looked at this and go, okay, these are ways that you can make better use of your time. All right, let's get into it. Let's eat the frog and do the worst thing first. Talk Don't about paperwork. It's the worst. Yeah, I'm uh, not a paperwork person. No, we weren't either. And, and we get, I get comments and DMs all the time and on YouTube just because, you know, the hard thing is this is a business. Yeah. Right. But it's, it has a, I, I, I feel like it has a hobby feel to it. You know, to a certain point. It can. Even though I'm full time, the only time I really feel like it's a business business is when I'm doing my taxes or I'm doing my receipts or I'm doing spreadsheets. That's when I feel like it's a business. When I'm outsourcing, when I'm taking pictures, when, you know, I don't, and is that wrong? Am I saying no, that I, wrong? No, I, I think, I think that's, I think that's probably right. I think that's probably the case for most people who start, you know, mom and pop businesses or whatever it is, whatever it is that they're doing, whether it's selling books, selling coffee that they brew, um, you know, whatever their thing is, they start a bookshop, they, they print shirts, whatever their thing is, they do it because they love it most likely. Right. And so the doing the thing itself, that's the work that they thrive in. But then there's the element of work that 
most people don't enjoy. And that's why that's why people like accountants and stuff make so much money is because especially the bigger you get, that's a part of the business that you need to focus on. There needs to be laser focus. And it does pull away from the parts that people really enjoy and want to do. But I remember I used to want to be um, a police officer when I was younger in high school. And I, I went on a couple of like ride alongs and, and did some like police academy stuff. And when I realized how much paperwork it was, I was like, you know, this isn't the job for me. Now, of course, there there's a lot of times where it's not paperwork, but the idea of sitting down after a call and and spending, you know, 45 minutes writing it up, I was like, I to me, I can't do it. Like I know myself doing that much paperwork. I'm not organized enough for that. And then now here I am in something where as a business, running a business, you have to do that paperwork. Um, it's not as intensive, you know, you're not writing reports, but you have to keep accurate paperwork. And so what are some ways we could save time on that? Well, the first easy one is get a CPA. I mean, that, that, that'll that cost time. you more. That saves you time. Hey, that's that trade-off, right? You're, you're, you, you buy time, you're trading an asset, which is money for potentially free time. Yeah. Well, and I look at it, it's kind of like this, like now in the same age, a lot of people have, like, I remember when I was a kid, getting a housekeeper meant like you were loaded. Mm. Right. But now it's kind of like a common thing, right? At least that's my experience. Yeah. I mean, maybe we're in a different world, but we're not socially, socially economically. Is that even a term on the social economic scale? We're not in a place where I feel we're, we're well off, but we, you know, we know people that make an okay living and they have people come in once a month or once a week or whatever and, and clean up the house and that saves them time. And I've had people even recommend that to me, like Orlando, if you got to go out there and you got to source or you got to, you know, list, you got to do stuff. Why don't you just hire somebody, pay them $150, right? To do all that, you know, that lost time and you're going to make that money back. Yeah. Right. Then that's how I think about a CPA. A CPA yeah. helps you clean up those finances every month. That, you know, if you try to do it on your own and it's not your thing, like you're going to spend lots of hours. Now, let's say you can't, right? Let's say financially, that's a tough one. Okay. So you there's apps, right? So I think about mileage, right? Do you, have you been tracking your mileage, Mike? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> how have you been tracking your mileage? I have an app on my phone that as soon as I start driving, it automatically like pops up and like, are you driving for work? And so I just hit yes is or no. Is it my like you or? Yeah, my like you. Yeah. Okay, good. So I would say my like you is one of those apps that it takes zero time for me. Yeah. Right. Pretty much. Right. It just, it runs in the background. It's kind of creepy. It tracks mm -hmm. everywhere you go, but you seriously, and I've done this and I would say, I recommend this. You can go months without even doing anything with it. Now, the smart thing though, is I always would put in at the end of each ride, what the ride, what, what it was for. So correct sourcing or, um, trip to the bank or, post office that way during an audit, if there was never an audit, there's a specific, here's what this route was for. Now, before I got my IQ, I had spent months and months driving to garage sales, going to the post office, doing all these thrift stores, all this stuff. And I wasn't tracking miles because when I first started, I was like, who cares? Right. I'm just, this is just for fun. I make yeah, a little bit of money. I did the same thing. Um, however, if you have, and I know everybody's got different, you know, apps on their phone, but I found that having Google Maps, so I'm an Android user, so I have Google Maps logged in, it automatically tracks every day where you go anyways, unless you turn that off, like you have to go and turn off, which again, it's kind of creepy because I can go in on my phone and I was able to yep. go back and look, okay, well, I know every Saturday I'm, I'm driving for work, right? Because I'm going garage sales. 
and I can pull up Saturday and it literally shows my entire route. Any Saturday I can just click, it'll show the time where every one of my stops was and then I could see the miles. And so what I did is I went into my mile IQ and I just added them manually just cause it, did, it all it would all be in one place. And then I took a picture of the, you know, the Google maps and I just put that into a folder, you know, for my, my taxes in case I ever got audited. It was like, here was this day. Here's the literal map of the route that I took. Mm -hmm. Right. So you may already have on your phone, even if you haven't been keeping track of miles through something, your phone might be logging where you're going and how it does. Know. It's crazy. <laughs> it right? does. No, it does. And you may not even know it. That's yeah. just crazy. So some, some listeners right now are going to go investigate and find out that Google has been watching where they go. Oh, now. And it's so weird. And especially too, because you know, not to scare anybody, because hopefully nobody's doing anything they shouldn't do. But like, if you've got, if you've got like a, a company, like email or something like that, and you're logged into that on your phone. Yeah. You could very well be also be logged into that on your maps and all those other things. It could all be synced together. And yeah, everywhere you stop, you call out during the day and then you go, you know, hit up an amusement park and then go to the bar afterwards or whatever it is people do. Hit up an amusement park and go to the bar. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Like it's possible that your employees or your employer sees like, hey, like you were gone, even though you're not using a company phone, you're logged into our account. And here's, you know, where your account went today. Right. So, so it's crazy that it's, so that's it's a, logging. That's a side tip of how to go incognito. Now, but I will tell you, using app now, my IQ isn't the only one. There's a bunch of other ones, but it saves time because I remember before getting the app, what I'd have to do is every day I would have to either take a picture of my mileage, my odometer, or I'd have to write it down or put it on my phone or go to my GoDaddy and log it in. Now what I do is it's all under there. And once I, you know, you got to choose what's work and what isn't work and so on. When it's done, I just go to my, my GoDaddy and I just put in the mileage for that month and I'm good to go. So when I do my taxes, right, because overall what you're putting in your taxes is your overall mileage for the year. Right. right? So it, now if you get audited, they're going to act, but then mileage you already has that report. So yep. and it, it's not and we're not sponsored by them and we're not saying that's the app to use. But again, it'll save you time. Right. Because. That five, 10 minutes, you would have been spending every day tracking that mileage, especially if you're full-time. Now it's only going to take you, I don't know, maybe 30 minutes, you know, out of each month to just get that resolved, right? Yeah. The other thing is, and I, I guess we're talking about saving time on the back end, right? With receipts. Now, what do you do with your receipts? Um, well, I, I, I've changed my models throughout time, how I'm doing it specifically, but I'm kind of going, okay, here are, I have broken down categories, items I'm sourcing, and then like kind of expendable items that I need for business, right? So whether it's tape and things like that, and I kind of keep those separated. And I just, for the month, I put them all together, um, kind of in order of, of when the receipt, when I got the receipt. And I even when I go garage selling, uh, I mean, I don't keep perfect records, but I have like a little receipt book. And I just mark down a couple of addresses that I'm going to. And then at the end of the day, I just write down the items that I bought, what I bought them for, the date and I just stick that in. So I have this consistent receipt, you know, okay. log that's, that's going. Um, and then I should probably do something with them digital. I just think that's one more step and I've got them saved, you know, hard copy. I, I know there's programs you can use like take pictures and scan them and stuff, but it it's just so time consuming, especially when you no, have I so agree. many. I, I don't think that's one of the things I would say digital maybe not be your best for I don't receipts. think I don't think the technology is there to make it an efficient time thing. Now, if you are, and I hate to say like that we're not serious business, but like if you're like a serious, legit business that like the IRS is watching because like you're, you're bringing in 
hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and, and you're paying employees and all this stuff, you probably should have uh, digital receipts of everything backed up. And yeah. and that's that's just a different level. And, and like I said, like as you move up through that, you know, kind of scaling responsibility goes up too. See, and again, you know, whenever I, I just want to say, whenever we open ourselves up to what we do, we always get comments like you're doing it wrong. Yeah, no, I'm sure you do this better. And, and we're open to that. We appreciate the comments, but just so again, our purpose here is to document our journey, yeah. not to be perfect, but to document our journey. So for me, the way I save time is with GoDaddy bookkeeping. I are, I pretty much, unless it's a garage sale, everything I can use one card and it saves me a lot of time. So I use my Southwest card and that is every time I go to a thrift store, anytime I buy supplies, anytime I'm traveling outside of where I live and I have to get meals or get a rental car, it's all on that card. And so GoDaddy has already, like you can set it up kind of like my like you, where you set up, okay, whenever a purchase is made from this location, it automatically is cost of goods or automatically it's travels and entertainment or whatever it is. Now that's good. I think in the sense that it gives you like the total amount you spent. The only thing I'd be concerned about with mm -hmm. that uh, and I'm, I, we're not tax experts. I'm not a tax expert. Where, so, where are you going with this, Mike? So I don't know. I'm just saying, I think in an audit, they're going to want itemized receipts. No, so no, I keep, say, no, like, I, no, I didn't finish my, I didn't okay. finish what I was saying. So I still keep all the receipts. I don't get rid of the receipts, but I don't, I, I just put them, I have this accordion for each year mm -hmm. and I just put it in January. Every receipt goes in there, right? Because I already have it tracked in GoDaddy, right? Mm -hmm. So when I do my taxes and I meet with my my accountant, I just go and I just let them know, okay, here's the number for this, here's the number for that, and that's it. Now, if I get audited, sure, they're going to want to go back to the receipt. They're going to want to take a look at, okay, does what is on GoDaddy match up? <laughs> we keep talking about auditing. You know how rare it is to be audited? No, it's true, but it's one of those things that that's the reason you keep these records. One is for for yourself to make sure you can you're you're growing and doing things mm -hmm. correctly, and the other reason is to keep yourself honest and accountable, so that if you were to be audited, I mean, just like you buy life insurance hoping you don't die anytime soon, right? Like you you keep really but good records. There's more chances of you dying than getting audited. I mean, maybe, but I know quite a few people have been audited. In fact, people, I, I one person I know that was audited primarily because the person that did their taxes they got like inspected like the, the, really? they, the person that they went to like a legitimate tax person that they went to every year and paid had some kind of weird thing that came up and so every single one of her customers got audited and it was like a long process it was my brother-in-law went through this and, and my sister-in-law and and so yeah you never know so yeah the the audit of them just looking at you was probably really low but it's one of those things that like you 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 keep that just in case because no, I get that. Oh, it would be. An, can you imagine being audited and not having everything that you needed? No, I don't. I don't. I even. I don't even go there. That's I, like I just, my worst case nightmare. I, I mean, every me, time I do taxes, I'm like, you know, I don't care. I will like not even claim everything I need to claim. I just want that audit risk bar to be as low as possible because just the idea of being audited is just terrifying to me. <laughs> Not not because I'm worried, you know, it's just the, the time that it takes to go through everything. And I actually have heard from people that it's not that bad. They're not, you know, they, they're pretty good people that come and talk to you. And stuff. I, I, from what I've heard, and again, this is not what this podcast is about, is as long as they see that you have systems in place mm -hmm. and you're doing things to track stuff. And I, I know people have been audited too, that they just wanted to know that they had things in play. So you're talking about doing like the, the cash receipt thing when you do garage sales, right. right? Tracking that you're talking about tracking where you go. You're tracking about mileage. You're, I mean, if you're, if they see that, if they see that it's consistent, 
from in my experience from the people I know that were audited, the IRS didn't lay too heavy on them and they didn't go too much into details. Because overall, they're like, oh, you can prove that, you know? And we have our Instagram archive. So yeah. there we go. That'll prove every place we go and source. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But again, saving time. Here, we have thousands of hours of video. Please watch it. <laughs> I'm serious. You want to waste a thousand hours of my life? Here no, you go. What they would do is say, you show me the video for this specific item. Yeah, I can. I'll put it together in a 10, a 20 hour video for you to watch. <laughs> All right. Now, saving time. Okay. So there are apps out there that will help you save time. There's software like GoDaddy. Some people use QuickBooks. That these things will cost you a little bit, but they will help you save time overall in that paperwork, right? And then spreadsheets. I don't have any major recommendations. I think that it's just it's about every day, every time you buy something and you sell something, being consistent on which I will tell you I'm terrible at. Yeah, I mean keeping keeping spreadsheets is is a good idea. Whether it's through Something like GoDaddy or something like that. Well, what I mean by spreadsheets is when you're doing cost of goods, like this is how much I bought it for, yeah. is how much it's sold for, this is how much my shipping costs. Really, that's how you probably always should be doing it. One is so that you have records of what is your actual income, how much you're really making. Because if it's all just out there, like, mm -hmm. you know, I think I paid this much for an item, I'm sure I made money on it, you really have no idea. Like, if you want to know where, I mean, when you're talking about saving a little bit of time here and there, you should be part of that should be making sure that you're making the most amount of money here and there. Right. Correct. Correct. But so spreadsheets are important. It's one of those things where it's, yeah, it is a lot of work up front. It's a lot of work to be in the habit, but if an extra 15 minutes every day is an extra 3% of your income over the year, because of, you know, you're finding where you have uh, seepage, right? Like where you're losing money and you're finding where your, your biggest profit margins are. And it's not just kind of like gut feeling of like, oh, these things are doing really well and these things aren't, or I'm spending way too much money driving to these locations that aren't actually providing me enough, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole other podcast we could talk about. Oh, no, for sure. But but keeping keeping accurate records is really important. I mean, that's the reason why, I mean, if you think about it, companies like Google, Amazon, more than anything, they're an information business, right? Like they keep records and analytics. I mean, it's amazing what we could see even on our Google. If, if you guys don't have like your own, like upload your own videos to Google, you should try it sometime. It's free to do. Just upload a video. And the amount of analytics that you get as far as like what what age are people watching and at what times do they watch it and what locations, are, like there's so much information because that information is valuable. People people want it. And for you, if if the major corporations find that information valuable, I think there's something to be said that we should be finding that information valuable for ourselves and finding ways to exploit that to make the most money. Okay. Right? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I'm just looking at time. You know, the the biggest thing is being consistent. I would say in anything we're talking about today is just you save that time because here's what happens. I've, I've done So this. are you arguing, just to clarify, you're arguing that spreadsheets takes too much time. If you, if you wait too long, right. Or, you know, the best way to save time is by not doing them. Which, no, but see, which, no, no, I'm not I think saying. it's the opposite. I think so you're, but that's the same for all of this stuff. The best way. But I'm not recommending that because you end up losing time in the end. Exactly. Because when you have to, when it comes tax time and it's, you know, there was this one year where I remember I did absolutely nothing. The only thing I had was GoDaddy bookkeeping, but as far as tracking mileage, as far as, you know, tracking cost of goods, as far as doing that. I did nothing. And I remember January 1 hit and I go, okay, from January 1 through April, whatever, 1st, before taxes are due on the 15th, I'm going to focus on my taxes. 
it was horrendous. Yeah. I can't tell you how many hours I lost trying to go back and go, okay, I paid how much on this day for these items. Okay. This is how much they sold for and so on. Now, if you're part-time, I wouldn't be uber concerned. I mean, it's something you should take care of, but if you're full-time, you will lose tons of money if you don't track what you're doing. Yeah. But I've I, lost, I know I've lost thousands of dollars. Yeah. I, I think you're only thinking though spreadsheets in the sense of taxes. But one of the points I'm trying to make is okay. that spreadsheets can become an asset besides just, oh, no, a, I, I you know, it. cover your butt for taxes. It's an asset that saves time in the future and provides more money. So keeping it, it's like, yeah, it's going to take you an extra 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day, whatever it is. But if that amount of time doesn't just save you time as far as taxes down the road, but also gives you more data to work with as far as where you're actually making money, where you're losing money, what items are costing, how much it actually costs to send a package out, the, the cost of mileage, like when you could really figure that out. Because there's a lot of costs, like hidden costs that if you're not keeping track of, because yeah, you, can, you get the, the mileage, you get to write that mileage off. But if you're not, as you're going thinking, okay, the oil change on my car, the new tires on my car, my engine just blew, I need to buy a new car. Like all of that stuff is part of the reason you get that write-off on. So if you're not keeping track of that and counting that into the cost of the sourcing, the cost of the goods, then you're kind of going at it like half blind, like without no, agreed, all of agreed. the And that's why, you know, there's, there is software out there to help you out. So for instance, like Inventory Lab does a lot of, you know, scenarios like that. So you can find out, you know, what stores you visited, where was the most profit and stuff like that. So, and Inventory Lab is more of an Amazon thing, but there, there's items out there. So don't think that you just have to go Excel. You know, there's software out there. We don't, I personally don't have any recommendations because I think with anything I would recommend today, there's always a catch to it. Right. Like there's something that's really great in this program. And then there's something that, nah, like, hey, you know, my IQ is one of the things that to me, I can find it kind of annoying. Can be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it tracks everything and then go back. And if you don't have something programmed, you end up losing a little bit of time. And But once you get it all down, the time that you save is so much better than the time you would have lost trying to track it on your own later on. Yeah, no, so, that's, that's super helpful. And then going back to that idea of hiring a CPA, um, and you mentioned like it kind of goes to the idea of hiring a, a housekeeper. And it almost feels like this is for people who are like loaded, right? Like super wealthy, a different class. No, but, it, but it's not. Yeah. And, and I think one of the ways is we have a hard time as a society, I think, moving away from the mindset that of, of, of old economic systems where you had wealthy people who owned an estate and they had people that they paid teachers that came in, they paid gardeners, they paid this. And so basically you were a servant of that person and you worked for that person for income. We live in a, an amazing economic system where a person can be serving me a meal at a restaurant and then that same person who's serving me a meal at a restaurant then drops their kid off for me to teach them. And, you know, back in the old days, like you paid a teacher to come and they were kind of mm -hmm. like your servant. And so it's like a trade-off for the person who is serving a meal to somebody, that person they're serving the meal to might be washing that person's car later on that week when they go to the car wash. So it's we're all serving each other in different ways. And so it's all an exchange of, I have this good I can offer right now. Here's what it's worth. Same thing with like a CPA. So it is does seem weird, like I'm hiring somebody to take care of my taxes. That's for like business owners, but it could be for you because again, it's that that cost benefit analysis. Correct, correct. And we could go so many. I mean, we get even meal planning. I mean, you can talk about now. There's all these services where you can order meals in, right? And I think about myself as a single parent, like you know, 
I don't always have to get Little Caesars, <laughs> right? I can order stuff in. But again, it saves time that I could either A, choose to spend with my family or B, I can choose to devote to the business, yeah. right? But again, time is not my enemy. Instead, I can use time to my advantage. All right, All let's right. move on from paperwork. You good with that? Let's do it. Okay. Let's talk about sourcing. So sourcing, I think, is where you can lose the most amount of time I, I out of all of it. I could be wrong, but you can spend hours sourcing and it's not profitable. I'm sure that's happened to you, Mike. Yeah. I mean, me. I, I, part of that is the nature of the game. Like, yeah, there is there is an element I feel like you can you can get better at and say, walk into a store and say, it's not worth my time, not making money here, move on. Uh, but then there's also the element of the most money to be made there might only be found with an extra 30 minutes of searching, right? So that's part of the game, I think, when it comes to time sourcing. Uh, are there ways to save time? Absolutely. But man, if you're going in Q4 into a Target or a Walmart or a Best Buy or whatever to find what that item is you can be selling on Amazon, you might be scanning for hours to get that, right? And mm -hmm. you might not find it, but you'll never find it if you don't put in that time. Yeah, but what I was referring to was you know, there's this, when I first started reselling years ago doing the part-time thing, I wouldn't say, hey, I'm only going to be in the store for this long, right? What I would do is like, oh, I'll just be here. And then sometimes I would be there as long as it took for me to find profitable items. Where in the end, I could have spent an hour and walked out with nothing, right? And then over time, what I did is I'm not going to spend more than an hour at a store. And then I went to, I'm not going to spend more than a half hour at a store. Right. It's kind of like the, the Tim Ferriss for our work week. Right. If you say you're going to get it done in, you know, two hours, 80, 20 rule. Yeah. The 80, 20 rule. Like, I think the same thing applies to sourcing. I really do. I, I think it, garage sales is another place that you can lose so much time. If, you know, we've talked about this before, how to get ready for a garage sale. Make sure you have your route planned. Make sure, you know, you use keywords to figure out what you want from different locations. And if they don't have what you're looking for and you don't see anything else within five minutes, it's time to move on. Right. You're right. saving that time. But I think it it relates to all areas. I think it relates to retail arbitrage. I think it relates to thrift stores. I think it relates to going to outlets where I would say you got to calendar those times in during the month. So one of the hard things I experienced when I went full time was what do I do? I have seven days now and I could, you know, outside of having to take my kids to school and so on and be there, <laughs> what do I do with all those extra hours? Right. And what I did is I lost a lot of time. Mm. I still lose time because I go, you know what? I don't feel like sourcing right now. I'm going to go later or I'm going to sleep in an extra hour or, you know, well, I, you know, I have enough inventory. I don't need a source. And then I find myself the next week going, I need more inventory. And instead of spending the four hours and spending eight hours sourcing. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I strongly recommend, and again, these are things I'm working on that you have some kind of system, whether part-time or full-time where you figure out when you're going to source and you limit yourself to that time in sourcing. Because if you don't, FOMO will get the best of you and then you're going to lose a lot of time and time will become your enemy. Kind of catching what I'm saying here? Yeah, that's good. That's true. And I think just the basics, kind of the the key takeaways from this, I would say would be to know when sales are going to be, right? Like certain thrift stores have like the times that are most beneficial for them and schedule times where you are being wise and say, okay, if I'm going to do a retail arbitrage on Mondays, what's the best route? Kind of planning the route and how much time will I spend in each store? How do I maximize 
you know, efficiency in all areas, right? So that you're you're not backtracking, that you're not spending too much time in one store, you're not going out early in the morning and then going home to do some shipping and then going back out later when you could have reversed that order and and done all of it and then shipped later. Like you have to kind of consider all in and figure what's the best way to make sure I'm maximizing my time here. Agreed. But there's the other side that in Q4 that might go out the window. Right. So you got to leave yourself some leeway, right? You find an item, it's selling really well, whether you're doing eBay or Amazon. And then you got to go, okay, w- at what point will I stop searching for this item? Right. Because you can get lost. I remember last year, there are certain hot items that I would hit 25 stores in a day. And I probably didn't have to hit half the stores. Now, FOMO got the best of me. Had I been more disciplined about my time, I could have maybe got a shipment out that night. Instead, I didn't get the shipment out, you know, till later the next day. And again, it's because I wasn't disciplined. And this isn't isn't this our word of the year, discipline? Yeah, well, it's my word of the year. Oh, your word? No, it's a pure house podcast <laughs> word of the year. Not, not, you know, I have nothing. Against I own this. that word. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you own that word, but again, it's you know, you also want to be consistent in shipping items into Amazon or listing things on eBay. And if you're not careful, sourcing will take over. And you won't find that time. So I don't know. Have you heard? Have you seen this lately that I'm finding that most people that do this full time and I'm a little bit different because I do a lot of Amazon, but people that do eBay, just eBay, that 25 listings a day is like the number. I've heard people say that. Right. And but that's time. Yep. Like to me, that sounds like, I don't know, three to four hours of time. How long does it take you to do? Let's say five listings. How long would it take you? Uh, start to finish. Um, I don't know. Probably. It I've, depends it, on what it is. Yeah, it depends on what it is. I, I'd say probably close to an hour. Um, but again, I think that you have the more you do, you're going to be able to cut some time because you can get more of a, a, a process. And going. we'll talk about that here so, a little bit. So I yeah. think there's like a cutoff. And but then there's also a law of diminishing return where, OK, I doing 20 items saves time. But then once I get to 50 items, I'm actually losing time because the amount of time it takes to move the inventory, you know what I mean? So there's a, there's going to be a payoff. There's going to be that tipping point where you found that sweet spot. And so part of it is, is finding that, finding that place where this is the right amount to have that perfect assembly line. Oh, good. No. And that's, that's, that's along the same, same idea here about, you know, when we're talking about you source the stuff, but then you got to list the stuff, right? So you got you got to make the you know the best of your time, and so, and we shared this, and this is a very basic tip. But if you're new to reselling, you want to have similar items grouped together when you're listing, right? I've, we said this multiple times. So, for example, today I had a bunch of model railroad uh, like uh, box cars, and wow, I could list ten of those in an hour, no problem. Why? I list the first one, sell similar, remove a few keywords, upload the photos, right? I already have my shipping policies in place. I already have, you know, pretty much my description is going to be all the same. It was, you know, new in box, uh, boxes worn. Some pieces, you know, were cosmetically damaged in storage. Please see pictures, brand name, and that's it. So I was able to crank those out, right? It's the same thing with shoes. You want to be able to do, you don't want to get into a place like I'm looking in here. You don't want to pick up the apartment 56 item. And then after that, you have a camera you're going to list. And then you have a set of speakers you're going to list. Oh, and by the way, you have this Rain Spooner shirt. Like, think about the time you're wasting doing that. Part of that, again, it's kind of an efficiency model. So when you first start, that's exactly how it is. 
right? That's how it was when I first started. It's like, I'm listing this set of books and then now I'm taking a picture of a duck decoy and now I'm taking a picture of this like skin caliper and now I'm taking it. So it's all over the place. But then as you start to have more and more inventory, I remember inventory used to be the thing that I was like, I'll never have enough inventory. But then, yeah, eventually get to a place where you're sourcing enough and now you've got a pile of shoes and a pile of VCRs and a pile of toys and a pile of home decor that haven't been listed yet. And so you're able to group them together and say like, all right, today I'm doing shoes. You're going to get to that place if you're not there yet. Uh, but once you're at that place, absolutely, it makes sense to to group items together while you're listing uh, and, and even sorting and 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 where you locate them so that they're easy to find. Um, that kind of goes with like using custom SKUs, making sure that yeah. your stuff works right. Uh, my custom SKU system and and it's not fully Let me, let me rewind a little bit though. Can I rewind just sure? Can I interrupt you? Go for it. Okay. Okay. Before we move on from the pile. So don't feel bad if you have a pile of, let's say, clothing. And you don't want to list it yet because you have more shoes. So I'll give you an example. I won't send anything to my helper until I have about 50 pieces of clothing. Right? Because it would be an inefficient, you know, waste. Of, it would be a waste of my time for me to drive out to where she's located and drop off 20 pieces just three days later to drop off another 20. Because where we're located, I'm losing about an hour or so of time doing that. And then She's losing time because she has to set up, you know, the lights, the backdrop, get the cameras and upload it. So what I do, what I say is, you know, if you have the space, it doesn't hurt to go, OK, I'm not going to start listing these items until I have this certain amount. Right. So for me, for shoes, I have to have at least 10 pairs of shoes before I ever consider listing it. If I have hard goods, I have to have at least 10, and, and this is just me on my own. When it comes to my helper. I have to have at least to make the time efficient. I have to have at least, you know, 30 pairs of shoes for me to drop off to make that time efficient. Does that make sense? We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Yeah. And I think part of that too comes down to where you're at in your, your reselling journey. If you've, if you've got six pairs of shoes and that's really all you've got to list. You better be listing those, you know, no, or if you've that. got, if you've got like a, a variety of things, but yeah, as you get more focused now, the thing is you should always be listing. If you're at a place where you're like, well, I only have, I only have a few of each item and it's not the most time efficient at that place. You're losing time, but you're also going to be losing money if you don't list. So, um, if, as long as you're consistently listing, you get to be more picky about, okay, I'm going to wait on VCRs until I've got enough that I'm going to set up the whole testing system and I'm going to get in the groove for VCRs or whatever it is. Um, but you need to be in a place where you're at least listening consistently to be that picky. That to Being that picky comes with, uh, it's like a privilege that comes with uh, with, with having, having more items that's actually going up on eBay or being sent to Amazon. Um, otherwise, you don't have the luxury of being picky. Yeah, I, the only reason I brought that up is because it sounds like I'm telling people to create death piles, and I am, just so you're more efficient with your time. Because I'm, I did it when I was part time, where I would source three shirts, four shoes, three hard goods, you know, a couple electronics, and I would try to list that all in that day, and it would take hours. Or over time, I developed these different piles, and then I could just knock things out super fast. Yeah, and that comes right. down to: Do you have more time, or? Do you need money more? Right, that that comes. No, like, I I agree. Yeah. I agree. There comes a time where it's time to listen. So, yeah. like, you have no other options. All right, let's talk about custom skew label, though. Um, We've talked about this a lot, but still, every time I bring it up, you know, whether on Instagram or someone, someone goes, 
I didn't know about that. Yeah, custom SKUs, it's really important to be using on, on eBay or if you're keeping track of your own items. Because I was really shocked uh, when it came last year when I tried to like figure out all of my taxes and go through what's sold on eBay. Mm-hmm. eBay does not keep a very long record of items that sold in your store. Well, they do 365 on Terapeak. Okay, well, they do that, but like... But no, they don't. Like, it doesn't know. go back very far. Right, so I'm like, wait a minute, there's... What about the stuff I sold over the summer? Like, where's that stuff, right? Like, how do I know how much money I made? And and, and I wasn't keeping accurate records when I first started. Um, so all of that to be said, you know, when I first learned about custom SKUs, um, you know, the system constantly changes. As I grow, how you do it changes. Uh, but like, I'm looking at some shelves that I have right now, and I have like a whole shelf that's men's shoes. And then within the men's shoes, there's totes. So there's one and two. And then within... Tote one and two, there's a couple of bags, and inside those bags are the individual shoe bags. So I will put in my custom shoe, like, or in my custom SKU label, I'd put like MS for men's shoes, and then I'd put one for the tote, and then I would put two for the bag that it's in, and then I'd also like add a little tag of the date that I bought it and the price that I bought it for. So I know what order all those things go in, and then when it comes to my record keeping, it's like, oh, well, I, can I take this offer from this item that I bought? And it's like, well, look, oh, I paid $7 for it. And oh, I bought that, you know, two years ago. And like, man, I've been holding on to it. I better get rid of it, right? So inside of my custom SKUs, I'm able to keep all of those records. When I bought it, how much I bought it for, where it's located on my shelf. Now, the pain is when you start to grow and it's like, well, now I have another shelf and it'd be more efficient to move this stuff over to this side. Then things start to get a little wonky. You got to go back through and change. But, um, you know, you can all, there's ways of doing that, you know, but uh, it is so helpful to be able to look something sold. All right, here's exactly where it is. It saves so much time. Agreed. I'm telling you. And if you're wondering where the custom SKU label is, if you're brand new and you're listening, you have no idea, it's in your listing. So I think it's a few blanks down and it tells you, it says custom SKU label. Okay. And so what you're doing is I think the best way to do it. I know others that do it, like they put all that info out there. I need to be better. I don't put, you know, how much I got it for and all. I'm at my 40, I'm still pretty good at remembering things. So I don't put it on there, but maybe I should. I mean, so, it, it never hurts. I mean, know. I can remember like I, the other day I, I posted a, a watermelon plush that sold seven years ago. I mean, no, this is that sold after seven years. I still remember how much I paid and I still remember, well, I knew where it was because I had it in my custom SKU label. Right. And I, you know, I knew that taking $9 for something I paid a quarter for that's been in there for seven years probably the best thing to do at that time yeah i I think you will get to a place so if you've got you know thousands of items you're not gonna remember exactly how much you paid for everything oh i I think there's a threshold i really think two thousand i'm not there yet but i think two thousand will be the threshold man if you can remember that many items specifically like exact how much you've paid for everything that's that's pretty incredible well i'm still there it's i mean it's weird but i can still do i would say every once in a while there might be something i'm like i have no idea but it's very so so if you buy like nine shirts from a thrift store and each shirt has a different price. You remember exactly how much each one of those shirts was, or do you just yeah. kind of average like, well, they were about $3 each. And for the most part, I can remember. Wow. Or I go to, it's probably, it was probably, let's see if I bought it three years ago, it was probably four ninety nine. If I bought it last year, it was probably six ninety nine. So there is still going to be, a, there's a little bit of guesswork sometimes, there. Sometimes for the most part, there isn't though. Huh. I don't know. Anyways, I'm I wouldn't recommend that. So no, I'm, I'm just saying that's what works for me. I'm weird. Okay. So that's just, I mean, I have a really good memory, but uh, even but I've told you, I can't intense. again. But when it comes to movies, I can't even remember plots or how they end, and I can rewatch them two years later. 
Like it's the first time. This guy's weird. So, but I can tell you what happened in the first crusade and the second and the third. Hmm? So it's weird. Tell your brain works. It, okay? Tell your word. All right. So custom skew label. So, and I would say not only I'd say take it one more step, but you need to me, and this is I'm talking to myself. You need to sort out those items. And so what happened was I got in a habit like I was really good about doing custom skew labels when it came to shoes. Right. Because shoes were kind of just easier. But when it came to clothing, I thought, oh, you know what? All the Hawaiian shirts will go in this one tote and all the Harley shirts will go in this other tote. And then all the Disney and sports stuff will go in this tote. And then what happened? We started out grow those totes. hundred percent. So then I end up with, I now have four Harley totes. And so if a Harley shirt sells, I have to go through all four totes, right? Where I wish I had done custom skew labels from the beginning so if you're new that there's no better time to get this started than now, because I'm telling you when you get, I would say even a 500 items, you're going to get in a place. If you're not organized that you are losing time, a lot of time. So anyway, so, you know, that's been, that's my next process where I, I had all my fi- shoes figured out. I have all my hard goods. I just got to a place where I thought I'm never going to need more than a certain amount of totes. And now I do. Boom. It happens. <laughs> it happens, and I've lost time. So again, learn from our mistakes. Yeah, it's good. So, all right. Um, so that's pretty much inventory. Make sure it's easy to get to. If you're spending, I would say more than a minute outside of the drive to a storage unit or whatever to find your inventory, you got to do something. Like it should not be taking more than a minute. It should be like boom, it's right there. And you got to be really careful. I just throw this out there. If you do sell similar, do you do sell similar or do you do drafts when you list? On well, eBay. I do sell similar usually. Okay. To change that custom SKU label, to be right. really vigilant about that. Because what I've done before is I haven't changed it. And something sells and I go back to that tote, it's not there. Hmm. Then the panic hits. Because I look at, you know, I think I have like almost 40 totes and I go, oh no, it's going to be one of those moments. Hasn't happened in a long time, but be careful if you're doing sell similar that you make sure you change that custom SKU label. No. I would say that's more important than outside of the price. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So let's talk about shipping real quick. So how can you save time on shipping? Do you find you lose time on shipping? Um, not anymore. No, I, I've got a pretty good system set up. Uh, kind of all of my, I figured out the order of shipping, right? It's pretty, pretty basic. First you get the box. So you have to have your box organized by size and, mm-hmm. and shape. Uh, then you, have to have your filler material so you've got to have your different filler material whether it's bubble wrap or air pillows or paper easy to get to in a specific place and then it's like an assembly line so then once you got your box you got your 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 filler uh then you put it in and then what do you need next you need tape you tape it then i got a tape measure and then i got a scale and then it goes to the computer and, and it, it literally flows from one station to the next and, and I, I always think back and i mentioned it before but kind of like that documentary movie is like it's more of a movie than a documentary but uh, the founder about the start of McDonald's. And I just was so intrigued by the way the original owners of the first McDonald's spent, they were they were obsessive about cutting every second of time. They, they could still are. Make, well, they are, but I'm just thinking like they revolutionized that. Right? No, I know. They, I, but anyways, they're, was, they're it, trying to do that now with AI in their stores right. and they're trying to see how much corners they can cut. So they don't have to hire as many people. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? And, you know, with the way things are going, they, 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 you always have to have to have a competitive advantage whenever you can. But, I mean, they were to the point of, like, what 
temperature does the oil need to be in order to get it out the fastest without burning but not being undercooked? And not only that, but then once the fries come out, what is the next station that it can go to where people aren't going to be walking by and then the cups? Like, they basically mapped it out. I mean, there was a scene in that movie. I I wish maybe we could put it up sometime or like the minutes of it, right? Here, watch. We're going to talk about it as it's up. I think you could actually do that as long as it's like Creative Commons. But there's a... um, like you do, you're not like showing the movie, but you're talking about a scene. But there's a scene where they literally got a bunch of people. They walked out onto a uh, what is it called? Like a like a parking lot, and they they drew on the ground. Did this you just say what what's like. it called? The parking lot? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think because I was gonna say like a blacktop because I'm thinking like okay. school, right? So a parking lot, and they draw out the way they look, and they time people moving from each station to each station if they run into each other, and then you stop. Okay, this station and this station are running into each other. I need to move this over here. And they literally just moved by drawing on the ground until it was a perfect, almost like a dance, like a choreographed dance of people walking past each other, the most time efficient. And they probably spent months to save seconds every day. But over the long run, Mm -hmm. that's what made them faster than anybody else. And that's why they won. And so when it comes to organizing your stuff, it's going to take a ton of time. It is. And I think shipping is one of those that... It is best, especially if you're doing eBay, I think Poshmark kind of gives you, I don't know, (laughs) unrealistic view of shipping along with Mercari, Uh, because I think that's all going to change. I'm just saying. I think think they are doing it right now to, I've said this before, I I think they're losing money on shipping. That's just my thoughts. Now, anyways, we can agree to disagree. Let us know in the comments. But when it comes down to shipping, like the sooner you get that down, the sooner you're going to save money on shipping and you're going to save time. And I really think you need to standardize shipping for everything. Like it, everything should be shipped the same every single time. Right. Do, do you understand? So for right. instance, for snapbacks, I use the 10 by eight by six box. Uh, I will, if it's first class, I'll just use a poly bag, put in the poly bag, put it in the box, take the box, weigh it. Generally, it's like eight to 13 ounces and I can ship it out. Right. When it's a tie, it's a eight by it's a eight by six by four box. I think the eBay box poly bag. I roll it up, put in the poly bag, poly bag, poly bag, tape it done. If it's shoes, it's a flat rate, medium flat rate box for me every single time. And I know people are going to say, well, you could do this. You could do that. I'm just to me. It's it, there's no guesswork. The moment something sells, grab this. Grab that, boom, done. Yep. Right. And I think your shipping for me, it's, and again, some people like calculated shipping, and we've had this discussion before. I don't do a lot of calculated shipping unless it's a bigger item. If it's a bigger item, everything else, I just, you know, I charge the buyer. And I know some people will say, well, you're losing money because you could have gotten more money on that item. It's possible. But I do save a lot of time. Like, I, I don't, when it comes to shoes, all my shoes, Medium flat rebox or large flat rebox clothing, first class. It's usually uh, air jacket for everything. Uh, if it's you know a larger item, usually I go by the sixteen by twelve by eight box, and I'm good to go. So, anyways, find a way to have it standardized, and that'll help you too in your in your store. Uh, and so <clears throat> people aren't guessing as to how much things are going to cost; they know exactly right away. Yeah. So that's good. I like it. <laughs> I just, I just love it because I, I, I actually, I almost feel like there's so much we could talk about, like, like honing in a little bit more on these that we could talk about a little bit more, go into our hustle of the week and then have a part two where we actually talk about the the tools and then the other part of it. Because, you know, there's, 
it's just so much richness we've already covered. And I feel like we've just scratched the surface of, of even this topic, right? Like Maybe. With shipping and with, yeah. with, with the, the paperwork. I mean, we do have our episodes, Ship Tips Part 1 and 2. Yep. That everything I just shared, we go and expound more on. Right. right? So you can go to those episodes. They weren't too long ago. Maybe like yeah. 20 episodes ago. So, and again, I always say this. Everyone has their different perspective. Right? So we have a perspective. Either A, we're wrong. Or B, you know, we do it a certain way that's right. And you do it a certain way that's right. And there is no wrong. Right. So just something to think about. Let's talk about tools now, though. No, but I... No? You, you don't think so? You think you think we go hustle the week and then we go into time management? No, I say we go into hustle the week and then we do time management tools uh, uh, next time around. Really? Yeah, two part two. Wow, are we really that much into our episode? I don't know. Okay, let, let's see. All right. But before we go into our hustle of the week, let's talk about where you can find us. Yeah. So we are Pure Hustle Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and... What's our other? Oh, TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> it's always weird saying TikTok, but we're there. And what's our yeah, other? That's, and how, it, that's how cool we are. That's, that's how hip we are. That's, no, that's TikTok. how old we look when we're on there. And then we are also on... Dabbing and stuff. Uh, no, oh, da- dabbing so is cool. so 2017. Did you hey, just man. say dabbing? Yeah, I mean, that's it's, a, it's, I'm making the point. That's how, that's how old trendy we are. At least Not I, real trendy. But at least I, I was willing to recognize that it's 2017. <laughs> the, dab, that, the dab is out. All right. And uh, we're on Twitter. <laughs> we are Pure Hustle Cast. And you can also find us on YouTube if you're listening to the podcast. You know, we did have somebody comment goes, you guys look entirely different on the YouTube than I imagined on the podcast. Yeah. It happens all the time with But me. you guys didn't tell us if it was good or bad. So we're just, it, we'll just leave it, it there. It doesn't matter whether it's good or bad. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it is funny when you just listen to people, you got no idea what they look like. But if you want to see our... Uh, our our mugs. You can come on over to YouTube and give us a watch. Our um, long flowing hair and yeah, my luscious clean, locks. No, yeah, luscious locks. But Mike, Mike, Mike takes extra effort to be clean shaven all the time. So if you're listening to the podcast, just wait till you watch the YouTube. Yeah, they know. We they've, we've we've said enough times, and I'm up. That we're the bearded, <laughs> we're the bearded peeps. Um, but yeah, so give us a watch there. Really, the two things that are really important. Um, for, to help us get the word out. Um, there's, there's several of you who've, who've helped us, you know, by, by donating some money. That's huge. We, we appreciate it. Um, we are so grateful. It, it honestly is one of the ways we're able to keep doing what we're doing. Uh, but a bigger way that you can help us is by getting the word out. And the two ways that kind of, you know, if you're on eBay, you're on Amazon, algorithms are huge. So for us, it's the YouTube algorithm and it's the, um, it's the iTunes algorithm as it were. And the best way to make sure that we're visible and that people can find us is by leaving comments or leaving, uh, reviews on iTunes. That's huge. You don't even have to type anything. We love that so many of you guys are, uh, so we appreciate when you actually take the time to type that on give a review. But even if you just want to leave us some stars, um, that, that helps the more reviews we have on iTunes, the more likely people are going to find us. And then the same thing with YouTube. When we have a YouTube video, don't be afraid to to like, right? Like all the, the YouTubers say like, smash the like button, right? Like do it, hit the like button for us. It helps. And then comment and don't be afraid to, to interact. The more interaction there is in a video, uh, the more likely that we're going to be visible to other people. Um, you know, we do this for free. We're not asking, we're not, we're not selling you anything, but the, the way you can kind of, you know, pay us back as it were, just to, just to help us get the word out. That's all we're asking for. We just want more people to or just listen to us. Yeah. Listening is great. We appreciate that too. But <laughs> But you know, if you if you can go on, leave a review. If you can like the the video, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, do both. Right, that would be huge. Like we we're so grateful for those of you who take the time to do that. 
And then if you ever want to call us, 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170. And you could shoot us an email at purestofpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, so, we've had we've had some more uh, phone calls come in, so I'm excited about that. Fact, I'm actually thinking come our next episode, our next uh, update episode, I'm going to have a little soundboard thing so that we can actually just play the calls right in there so I don't have to edit it in as much. But it'll also work for like our little... Uh, our, bolo? Our, our bolo soundboard. I'm actually... I'm going to try to add a little bit of music into it like so when i hit it it's actually like a sound bite uh, and we'll have a few different oh no, it'll I, be great i, I kind of like how it is right now like i've seen we'll try it man we'll try have it. you ever people watched like people that try to do soundboards like it just doesn't to me it doesn't flow as natural into the conversation and now we're gonna go on to bolos no no not like that that's more natural for sure instead of all right guys <laughs> i did a bolo time i will say the phone call we had on the last two podcasts ago was pretty hilarious yeah and now we're gonna use the sound bites. it's great man okay all right it's hey just, just hey listen i'm not gonna say no i say let's do it okay so thank you for all of you that follow and by the way i want to say one more thing on facebook you know our apologies if we're not always on facebook we i would say of all the social media facebook is the hardest one to keep track on right because on Instagram, we're always posting Instagram stories, and that's where we get our majority of our DMs. But hey, appreciate all the love on Facebook. We're there. You know, sometimes it may seem like we disappear for a week or two, but we're there. We're there. So keep, you know, keep following us there. Really appreciate all of you. And uh, thank you guys. You know, we're at 12 almost by the time of this podcast, we'll be pretty close to 12K on Instagram. So we're just really grateful for that. Yeah. Okay. So. We must talk about our hustle of the week. We need a we need a hustle of the week soundboard. Hustle of the week. Um. Okay. Now I do think we need a soundboard. Yeah, man. So all right, That'd be great. Well, how about you start us off here? All right. So our first one comes from Alex. Instagram handle is the Good Batch Store. So it's at the Good Batch Store. Uh, so went to a thrift store towards the end of the day after a few garage sales and flea markets, and paid twenty dollars for a sealed and retired Pirates of the Caribbean Black Pearl Ship Lego set. That's pretty sweet. I remember seeing those. I never picked those up, though. I mean, you know, my kids wanted them, and they were too expensive back then. But Speaking of which, my, my wife is actually um, just was at Disneyland not too long ago, went to Star Wars land, and whenever we go, I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I really want to. But whenever we go, Pirates of the Caribbean is like one of our favorite rides to do. It's oh, a ton I love of fun. that ride. So, you know. The, the, the ride that... It's the only time that your kids can go through a ride and like you can see a bunch of drunken people and prostitutes and women being sold at auction. No, they took that out. No, it's still there. No, they took that out. When did they take that out? They took that out. Like how long ago? I was at Disneyland a year ago and it was still there. No, they took it out, man. Did they really? Yeah. That's so weird. I'm not saying they, uh, that's weird. Yeah, it's gone. Like how long ago? I don't know. Last time I was there, that was like a whole thing. They took it out. Interesting. I still think it was interesting of all the rides, like that ride. There was like, this is, hey, I mean, they're showing this. No, it's history. I'm a historian guy. I just thought it was kind of funny because, you know, my kids would be like, so what's going on there, dad? Like, why is that guy? They really asked you that? Yes. Really? Yes. My son at one time said, so, you know, like, what's a wench? (laughs) And having to explain, you know what I mean? It was just kind of one of those like, Interesting. I never thought Disneyland would spur those kind of conversations. Yeah, not not the conversation starting uh, place you'd expect for stuff like that. For so, sure. anyways, we got so. So anyway, so Pirates of the Caribbean sealed Lego set. Picked it up for twenty dollars. Sold for five hundred and thirty-five dollars within twenty-four hours. That is amazing. It just goes to show, like you never know what you're going to get. 
I mean, you see Lego stuff all the time. Some of them, there's usually going to be money if you can get it at the right price. Uh, but man, those certain things, like if you can pick up something like that, a sealed limited set where there's not a lot of them left, there's somebody, a collector out there looking for it. So I think the the key takeaways here are sealed is good. Old even, is good. I've, we've had people tell us that even if they're not sealed. Oh, I'm sure. Complete. Yeah, if they're complete. Um, that amount of work though. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine having yeah, to I count know. like 847 pieces. And you're like, oh, it's not yeah, I would just, lock them, just I just lock them up. I honestly, unless I know like they're in the bags yeah. in the box, like I just lock them up and sell them. But anyways, great job. That was incredible hustle. Um, I mean, that's a huge one. 20 to, to 535. It doesn't get much better than that. No, it's, and here and here's the thing about Legos. Legos are kind of like stocks, like in the sense that they over time. Like, and I, I I've actually heard that they're better than stocks. That when they're retired and discontinued, they just go up and up and up and up in value. Like I mean, we we have friends. We do you know we have a good friend? Not like a good friend, but a friend. You always say that. You need to tell me who this person is. I will. I'll tell you the podcast. But uh, I think their brother, like all he does is buy Legos and holds on to them. Until they retire, and that's like their like investment. So, you we've got a kind of friend who has a brother whose cousin you think does Legos as their four hundred one. It's a true story. It is. Right. It's their four hundred one k closet. I'm serious. So, anyways, there you go. Okay, all right. What do you have for us? All right. So, Petra, caramelized cat, been listening to us. I think since day one. I mean, always out there, always giving Did you us. Say caramelized. Okay, is it caramelized or is it caramelized? I don't know. I'm. A, I say caramel. See, I'm a caramelized. You say caramel. I say caramel. You have. You have. I you knew we were caramel gonna, on the your moment I typed this. I knew we were gonna have this conversation. Do you say jaguar or jaguar? Jaguar. All right. So you're only pretentious about how you say one thing. Is it? Is it jaguar? It's jaguar. It's the. Is it really? Yeah. Or is that is the luxury car is jaguar and the animals jaguar? No, I think. Well, I don't know. Maybe, but I think same thing with caramel. I mean, not no offense well, to those who no, say no, caramel. No, I know. I had friends from Philly that are like caramel. And I'm like, what? What? It's caramel. They're not caramel. What? Caramel. And then, you know, they'd be like, you're crazy, Orlando. Caramel crazy. corn. Caramel corn. I mean, it, it, it has a, a prettier sound to it, but I think I don't want to say stuff that sounds prettier. Petra, our apologies. Yeah. How do you say it? It's your yeah. name. You tell us how you say it. All right. But had an awesome uh, hustle of the week. And I like, you know, I've been talking about vintage Chinese clothing. So. Came across a Charlotte Hornets starter jacket. Now, it's not like any kind of starter jacket. It's the one that has the Hornet like on the front, like full on the front. It looks pretty awesome. And uh, a rapper, uh, J. Cole, actually performed with it uh, at the NBA uh, Finals weekend. Was it NBA Finals or All-Star weekend? One of those, oh, halftime show back in February. This exact one or, or no, the, the exact model. No, the exact one. Huh. And this this must this wasn't the finals because finals is later. So, um, anyways, so wore this jacket, and I guess as a result of that, you know, you know what happens with with pop culture is that certain, and we talked about this as a college picker, like social media drives like certain things to be popular. Now, this jacket would have been popular in its own. I think this gave it a little bit more of popularity, and so wearing it, you know, a lot of people are wearing, a lot of people are like probably looking. Uh, for that jacket and so on. And so what ended up happening is post this and within 24 hours, I right, paid $4 at a thrift store. Okay, $4. When's the last time we paid $4 for something? At a thrift store? 
I think I bought like a little cheap, cheap uh, piece of nothing for about four bucks. A <laughs> cheap piece. What's the cheap piece of nothing look know. like? I'm just, you know, a little whatchamacallit. <laughs> a little dirty, broken whatchamacallit from the thrift store. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, picked up this awesome starter Charlotte Hornets jacket for $4. Flipped it within 24 hours for $164. Okay, so what I, I, what I want to know, though. Wait, I didn't even finish the okay, price. Thanks. Mike's interrupting me. $164.95. Okay, glad you got the 95 cents there. Uh, I had to. So, but you're saying it's the same jacket the rapper wore. So what I'm saying though is... No, no, not the rapper that... Not the, not the jacket that he was wearing. Okay, so that was what I asked in the beginning. Oh, okay. okay. I thought so you meant this like, is like the okay. same style. The, the exact Correct. same... Correct. Like, like, you know, the same logo and it's the same type of jacket. It's exact, but it's not the one he wore. No, no, no. Okay. okay. I was going to say, how, great that, how in the world would you know... When you bought it at a thrift store, unless it was signed by him, he on the embroidered inside. his name on the yeah. front. Like I wore this, <laughs> J Cole. Like no, 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 I get that, but still, I, and I seen the. You can just look it up. Just Google uh, J Cole halftime show Charlotte Hornets jacket, and the picture will come up. It's a sweet jacket. I'm I'm a Warriors fan, so I don't really care for it much, but it's a sweet jacket. So, anyways, I don't know why I said that. Just thought I'd throw it out there. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Next hustle of the week, Mike. All right. So this one comes from Allison, IG handle at Big Drift Thrift. And I repeat, you gave this to me because uh, uh, you don't know how to say her name. Um, (laughs) Picked up a discontinued bounce dryer refill bar for $1 at a thrift store. I heard that these, you know, these, these, you know, specific things, like it's weird that these discontinued dryer things or like laundry stuff, like like they're worth money. Scrubbing bubbles, like shower cleaner. Yeah, crazy, right? So buys this for a dollar and within 24 hours sells it for $79.97. That's why we do what we do. Thank you very much. (laughs) That's why she does it now. She's in Alaska. Okay. And I will tell you, Allison has changed my sourcing game. Like I will look at, like she's also the one that she, uh, Sold vintage packaged underwear. Same thing with a son of a son of a seller. So now I'll go into those sections of the store and see, maybe I'll find this. If you're not following her, you definitely need to follow. I mean, the post, the, the, they're always bolos, like things I don't think of at all. So anyways, just throwing it out there. It's good stuff. What so, do you have for us? I, well, okay. But I want to, I want to talk about this. Think about is the, Look it up. Look up this bounce bar. All right, and you're gonna go like I would have looked at this and never picked it up. One dollar, less than twenty four hours. Who would have? And remember, it's expired. It's discontinued. Anyways, I'm just I I wanted to share this because I'm in this thing where people all the time go, I can't find this or I can't, I can't find anything. Stuff is out there, and you just got to be willing to research. Would you have picked up the bounce bar before uh, this I, podcast? No, no, no. I probably would have. I'm still the kind of person that if I see something that's interesting and unique, I'll look it up. Okay. But I don't know if if that would have caught my eye enough to have said like, oh, this is something I should scan. But when there's sealed stuff, like I usually, will, if there's a barcode, I'll usually scan because you could scan pretty quick. Okay. I'm just, wow. I, I, I want to, you know, it's always cool when you have these sales. So great job, Allison. Thank you so much, Alex and Petra and Allison. Our hustle of the week, hopefully our two-year level. Or somewhere around there. Now, mine's more of a, a story hustle of the week. Actually, mine's a network of the week. All right. So, a lot of you watch Instagram caught some of the story. So, a friend of mine, 
uh, from the store that shall not be named, uh, was a supervisor there. Isn't there a supervisor anymore? But again, I always say about sharing your reseller is always a win, except at Target. Should we, we need to come up with a name for Target. Uh, like the Red Menace. Yeah. Or, I don't know about that. Or Comrade Target or, I don't know. We need to come up with something. I don't know about that. No, it's, I'm serious. Like that store. All right. Look, they're already giving resellers problems. They already gave me problems. So I'm kind of like, so, so annoyed. All right. Oh, stop shopping there. No, that, that good stuff for me to flip a key board. All right. Then, no way. So you go. gotta be incognito. All right. So here's the awesome thing. This store, they all knew I was a reseller. So it'd be great. I don't go to this store as much as I used to because, you know, lots of changes have happened. But I remember I would go to the store and they all knew me. Hey, Orlando, check out this. Look, hey, look what just came in. We know you saw this. How about that? And the stuff was never, you know, they didn't go like, hey, Orlando's coming in. Let's mark this up even more. Mm. I mean, it was it was pretty much, I don't know what fair price means, but it was a price that I was willing to pay for most stuff. And so I developed this great relationship where, you know, I'd show up and he'd point things out. Well, I, you know, he, he loves the store. Haven't heard from him in months. Sitting at home, you know, I don't know, whatever. Get a get a text message like, hey, hey, old friend, just want to let you know my parents sold their home. They have a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, they need to get the stuff out. Uh, but you know, you can take whatever you want. So it wasn't like, hey, come on over. Can you clear this out and I'll give you everything? It was just like, just pick whatever you want. So I go and I show up and I felt like it was like American Pickers, right? Like they had two sheds that they had never gone, they haven't gone through in years. So I'm going through it and there's some old stuff. And actually I helped them find like old family things they haven't seen in years. Like one of those kind of funny, there was a, you know, you ever see those caricature, caric, caric, how do you say caricature? Caricature. Yeah, go ahead. My accent gets in the way I think sometimes. Anyways, that thing, you know, where you, you pay and somebody draws like a cartoon face. So it's kind of funny. There was one of, uh, his dad and his mom, but the dad's like, I don't know who those people are. Mom comes out. I was like, that's us. Do you remember when we went? And it was kind of cool. Like reliving. I, I felt like I was part of the family when I was there. Right. Cause you know, found the old girl scout uniform. That was hers found, um, old pictures. They're like, Oh yeah. Remember this house. And it was kind of, we were reliving memories. So that was, that was very good for the soul. I enjoyed that a lot. You know, the first thing I found, which I was like so pumped about, I open a tote and it's all these collectible Funko Pops, like X-Files and different characters. Unfortunately, that one I couldn't walk away from because it wasn't theirs. It was some relative who I just started there, but found all kinds of stuff. So I walked away, you know, I go there and I was kind of concerned. I was kind of like, oh, are they going to be willing to, you know, part with some of this stuff? And it's it's free, by the way. It like, can't be free. It was, it was all free, right? And they weren't even asking me. You know, usually when you do these things, they want you to take everything, right? right. Which ends up costing you because you got to go to the dump. Then you got to find connections where I'm going to sell this and that. And I'm not, I, I don't know. I Maybe I'll, I'll go to doing buyouts, but uh, for now, it, it just seems a little overwhelming for me. But there's a lot of money to be made. So I go through, I pick up all kinds of stuff. I picked up uh, a bunch of hats. One of the hats that I picked up was a vintage Chargers hat. It was all stained and whatever. Within 24 hours, sold for $32, like right off the bat. I also picked up a bunch of old Christmas Disney ornaments. I also was able to pick up 
uh, the the old Girl Scout uniform stuff. I picked up some old uh, Polaroid cameras. Nice. Now they weren't large large money makers. Maybe you know thirty to forty more like decoration pieces. Uh-huh. Again, this is all free. Also was able to pick up a dual deck uh, Sony with a with the remote control. So, you know, that's money right there. And then a reel-to-reel, which I was kind of shocked about. I've never picked up a reel-to-reel. Like, that was the first time ever. And, you know, I was kind of concerned. I was like, oh, you know, are they okay? And they were totally fine with it. Oh. So I took the reel-to-reel. The reel-to-reel sold within a few days for $95 plus shipping. Nice. I listed it for as part, with parts. I mean, not with parts, four parts. Uh, I think it might have been working, but I was kind of concerned that you know, through the shipping process or whatever, it wasn't going to work. And then I was going to have issues, but the story doesn't end there. So I had left a boogie board that they were going to give me for my kid. And I knew they're really into Star Trek. So one of the sad things is I found all these Star Trek collectibles and the dad was really into it. And the dad was like, I'm going to keep those. Mm. And I, I totally, I, I get it. Like, that's yours. It's your collectible. Yeah. Beggars can't be choosers at that point, no, right? No, no, And I'm not going to, you know, they're really good people. Like, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm their guest. I'm not going to challenge anything. But I remembered I had picked up while I was in San Francisco, I had picked up this uh, Cleon mask, like this headpiece and it had like arm pieces and it was really cool. I knew they were into Star Trek and I kind of was like, you know what? I want to give this to them, right? They love Star Trek. So I, I said, hey, when I go pick up the biggie board, are you are you okay if I give you guys a Star Trek, you know, Cleon mask? Because I know you guys are into it. You guys help me out a lot. So I show up, you know, just not expecting anything. And we sit down and I'm kind of scared. Like, you know, I know they follow us on Instagram. And I was like, oh, they saw the hat sale. And then the real to real, like, are they going to be okay? Yeah. You know, they pretty much, that's $130, right? And again, I know they had, they would have to list it and ship it, but still. And they were just excited. And I'm like, this is pretty nice. And I sat there and we talked. And then the dad goes, you know, Orlando, I have this old starter satin chargers jacket that I was thinking of giving you or my son. My son wants to sell it, but I was thinking of giving it to you. And I'm like, oh, no, like, you know, I don't want to get in the way. Yeah, between don't, get in, don't get in the way of family <laughs> and family. And I said, hey, listen, I'm just here to give you the Star Trek stuff. But in the end, they're like, no, I just take it. And it's a starter satin jacket. That, you know, I guess you could say I, I, it was a trade, but it was never a trade. Right. Right. And they gave it to me and I'm going to list it. And I'm like, wow, like who knew? And I'm still good friends with this guy, you know, and who knew that for me, I'm, I'm talking about maybe four or five years ago, striking up a friendship, letting someone know I was a reseller to outside of the store that shall not be named, continuing that relationship that later on, right, it would be very beneficial. Yeah. It's huge. Right. So that's, I hate calling it the hustle of the week. I call it network of the week, friendship of the week, whatever you want to call friendship it. Of the week. Friendship of the week. But it was awesome. So I still have a lot of that inventory. Some of it I already have listed and, you know, make those connections. And we're getting a lot more people on Instagram that are saying, hey, Orlando, thank you so much. I actually shared with somebody on reseller and open doors. Somebody actually today had posted something that they, they were going to go pick up something. They mentioned to that person, they're a reseller. And then that person gave them all this other extra stuff that was nice. all profitable stuff. Had they never said that they're a reseller, they wouldn't have walked away with all those items. Yeah. And it helps with a lot of things too, right? Like I've got people who save boxes for me. I've got people who save, you know, 
air pillows for me. And then sometimes there's the the downside to it where people, you know, they know you're a reseller and they want to help you out. And so it's like, hey, I, uh, I've had this happen to me a few times. Like, hey, I left uh, some stuff on your doorstep of some stuff that, you know, I was going to just give to the thrift store, but I know you could sell it. So I just gave it to you. And you look through it and it's like, oh, thanks, you know, and none of it's worth it. I'm just going to take it over to the thrift store. But it's worth it to have those connections anyways, because you never know when it's going to pay off. And I find that it works counter to you maybe 1% of the time in my experience. I mean, it's, let me share this real quick. Look, they found a scale for free on Craigslist. This is, I'm just going to throw it out there. Beach bum thrifts are on Instagram. Found the scale on Craigslist, went to pick it up and got a crazy machine that presses plastic cards. They don't even know what it's called, which is kind of funny. It's probably going to be profitable. Five monitor picked and then said that they're a reseller and said, oh, you know what? I have all this other stuff. Ended up with five monitors, five keyboards, five calculators, and a brother typewriter. Wow. Just by saying, I want to say those five words. I am a... Four words. (laughs) Saying those four (laughs) words. I am a reseller. Yo, I'm a reseller. There you go. Yo, those five words. Yo, I'm a reseller. Scored. So always, always, always share unless you're at that store. All right. That's my hustle of the week. That's good. I mean, that's a lot better than my hustle. I don't have an amazing story. Um, Just kind of, I guess, encouragement. Like I've sold this week a lot of shoes that I've purchased, you know, six, seven, eight months ago that I bought for, you know, pretty good price, five, six, eight dollars. And I've sold quite a few um, morels, a pair of Ugg boots, a couple of other shoes that have been sitting in inventory and I've kind of almost been discouraged. Like, man, I haven't had shoe sales in a while. And then all of a sudden shoe sales are rolling in and, you know, I'm selling a, a pair of morels for, you know, $59.99 plus shipping. And I'm selling my Uggs for, you know, 30 and I'm selling this. And these are things that I got for pretty cheap. And it's like, all right, like it paid off. Right. And so even though it's not a huge hustle, like this huge, big fine, like I guess like, you know, one pair of morels I probably got for four and I sold for like 50. So that's a, it's good. You know, that's, that's not bad. That's, that's great ROI. Um, but it's just that consistent, like you might have a dip for a little while in sales of a certain type of item, but then over time, as long as you're picking up the right kind of stuff, it's going to sell and it's going to be worth it. So, yeah. Okay. That's what I have. So you hustled for your hustle of the week. Yeah. All right. So, hey, I encourage you guys, by the way, the hustle of the week hashtag on Instagram, you need to follow it. I'm just going to put it out there. Ever since I had mentioned to people, you know, we already has, already had said, hey, tag hustle of the week, you know, da, 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 I put on Instagram, but I put a post on like, if you're not following, you need to follow this. And since then, so many people are hashtagging. There are so many bolos, so many scores on there. It will, I think in time, be the Pure Hustle Podcast hustle of the week tag. Like it'll just be stuff from our listeners yeah. or our followers on Instagram. So, so tag us in it too. Yes, do that too. But hey, if you have a hustle weekend, again, we wish we could share every single one. So we're always grateful if you DM us or you tag us with one. Uh, just know that we always want to go back and recognize you. And the algorithm's weird and sometimes we don't see it and that's why we don't comment. All right, but hey, hustle of the week, definitely a hashtag to follow on Instagram. Yeah. All right, so let's recap real quick some of the things because we are going to have a part two, maybe yep. a part three on this. So organization, all right? You're trying to save time. 
Hey, with paperwork, that's one way you can definitely save yourself time where time is in your enemy and you can make money, whether it's through using apps to track your mileage, whether it's through, you know, making sure that you take care of your receipts right away. You use items like GoDaddy or QuickBooks. And then with spreadsheets, you know, just being consistent about it all the time in the long run will save you hours of headache and losing money. And then what did we talk about sourcing real quick? Yeah. So, you know, being very careful with um, planning out those routes, knowing where you're going to go, understanding when sales are, right? So certain thrift stores, you know, Wednesdays have a certain sale for shoes and Fridays are, and knowing when the right time to go, even thrift stores, it might take a little while to get there, but certain thrift stores, you know, when they stock shelves, when it's kind of the hot time for them. So it's going to take a little bit of time, but as you go, you need to like really um, refine that that schedule for you. What's going to work best? Make sure you're not backtracking. Plan that day out right. I'm a little bit more of a planner than Orlando is, but I think that that in the end, on certain things. Well, yeah, but but in the end, not being too. I, I think there's a, a good thing about kind of being free of the like. I'm just gonna you know when when the when the iron's hot, you know you're yeah. gonna strike. So you want to be able to have that opportunity, but also knowing that okay, if I set this time to this time for shipping, and then then I'm not going to be backtracking to come back because, oh, I got to get to the post office before. And then now you've got to go back out again to get those items. Mm -hmm. So really planning out ahead of time. Uh, I'm a big believer that, you know, the the old saying, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, I think it's the same thing. Is with that time. a quote of the week? There it is. Boom. Okay. Quote of the week. Um, it's the same kind of concept, though. Like 15 minutes of prep will save you hours of time over the long time. Agreed. So, and same thing with garage sales. But you've got to do it though. So you have to be willing to say like, you've got to, you got to swallow that pill. Sometimes it's hard to say like, I've got to sit down. I've got to, sometimes you just want to get out the door and go, but it's like, if I plan it out, I'm going to save time in the long run. No, agreed. Agreed. And then with inventory and with shipping, right? It's always a thing. Hey, custom SKU labels to me for eBay, it's a non-negotiable. Like if you haven't, you need to start like right after this podcast yeah. or while you're listening, start, <laughs> start doing it. I think that is a non-negotiable. That, there's very rare things that I'll say, this is the only way to do it. That's, this is one of them. Make sure items are even sorted in. Make sure the earlier that you're reselling, the earlier, the best time. Oh, sorry. How can I put that? Early is the best time to sort things out because recognizing that eventually it's going to grow. Right. And so you want to make sure on top of that, make sure it's easy to get to. Things shouldn't take you more than a minute to find. If they are, then you got to put your systems in check and figure out what's going on and sort that out. And then with shipping, make sure you know where all your shipping supplies are. Make sure you have them all and then make sure you have a standardized way to pack every item. You know how you're going to pack a shoe, how you're going to pack hats, how you're going to pack shirts, how you're going to pack a hard good, how you're going to pack oversized items. Make sure you have all those systems in place so you're saving that time and you're making the most use of your time and you're making time your ally and not your enemy. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Please. Please.